Howdy, this is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Thursday, January 4th, 2024, Happy New Year to ya. I also wish you a very, very, very happy Tom Thumb Day. Today's show is, as always, a part of the Big Banter Sports Network, and I'm thankful for a couple things as we get into our first episode of the new year covering the Ohio State University men's basketball Buckeyes team. If that's the best way to phrase it, I'm really happy, first of all, that when I was researching and putting together a banger bet for today's game, or yesterday's game, I should say. Very happy I didn't take the under. I wanted to flirt with it, but I didn't. I decided not to. I said, get away. That girl, she is no good for you. She will not do anything good for you. It's toxic. Stay away from the under. So I'm very, very thankful for that. The other thing I'm thankful for is a phrase that you may have heard before. I may have said it on the show. I'm not sure, but it's a very simple phrase, and it's this. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now, how does that apply to Ohio State basketball? Well, it does and it doesn't. It particularly just applies to anyone playing in the Big Ten Conference. Just because... You play in the Big Ten, and just because you can constantly have a player on your team get hurt or take a hard foul or dive on the floor or get bloody or tweak your ankle or have the wind knocked out of you just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because the Big Ten is rough and tough doesn't mean every single game has to be that way. But apparently Ohio State and Rutgers... Did not get the memo. We know in this one, it was going to be a bloodbath and a slugfest. And that's exactly what we got. Today's show, we are going to review Ohio State's... uh, Technically, it was a win over Rutgers. We're going to review the game. And I'm going to give some observations and some takeaways from Ohio State's win over Rutgers. These Ohio State Buckeyes... By the way, haven't lost since last year. That's a fact. You can fact check that. And we're going to assess Ohio State's first half of the season. We're pretty much at the halfway point. We've got a couple of Big Ten games out of the way. We are into the new calendar year. So we're going to get into going through Ohio State as a team so far. And what should we expect moving forward from this Buckeye team? If you are new to the show, please subscribe. It's free. I know I'm asking so much of you to simply open your phone and tap subscribe as you listen right now. If you haven't done it, I'm speaking to you and you're thinking to yourself right now, he's not speaking to me. Get the little devil off your shoulder and listen to the angel that says subscribe because it helps out the show and anything that helps out the show in turn, will help out you. You don't have to listen to every episode. It'll just be there for you. And if you have subscribed already, I thank you so much for that. I'm sure you missed me while I was gone. I got a couple DMs from people saying, hey, haven't seen a podcast episode in a while. Am I missing anything? No, you're not missing anything. And I'll talk more about that later 
on in this show as well as far as what the schedule was like over the holiday season. But if you have subscribed already, I thank you for that. Thank you so much, of course. And just like the tweet. When you see the tweet that comes out that says, hey, here's the episode reviewing Rutgers, like the tweet. That's all I ask. Or like the X, the post, whatever it's called these days on X slash Twitter slash whatever you would like to call it. So the Ohio State University men's basketball team knocks off Rutgers. Is that the right term? I'm not sure. But the Buckeyes win this one 76 to 72, and they improve to 12 and 2 overall and pick up their second win in Big Ten play. And yet again, this was a game that was a story of two halves. So let's start with just reviewing the game with a couple of thoughts as we go through it. Bruce Thornton. Starts off the game making a two, and then it's Jamison Battle, who hits two triples in a row to put the Buckeyes up eight to four, two minutes into the game, and 12 points, two minutes in the game, only made possible by viewers like you, and because both teams decided to just sprint in transition for the first time all year, potentially. I mean, this we expected this to be a slow game, a slugfest. The over-under was set at 130, I want to say. Actually, that number could be completely wrong. Boy, I was ready to give you the banger bets of all banger bets, but Rutgers really had to screw that up. So I had to stay away from any kind of totals or an Ohio State total. I wanted to take Ohio State's over. That over did hit. It was at 71 or 72.5. It did hit. I didn't take it. It is what it is. But hey, we our banger bet still hit, so why are we complaining? We as if I have a mouse in my pocket. You're not complaining. I guess I just am. But regardless, Buckeyes get out to a big lead. The offense is on both sides, kind of on fire. Rutgers just throwing up some shots, and Rutgers stays in it. Jameson Battle would make his third three right out of the first media timeout to put Ohio State up 18-8. The banger bet at that point off to a screaming start. And of course, I knew that would happen, so I wasn't worried about it. You may have been. Bruce Thornton hits a two. Then said Key gets involved. Dale Bonner hits a triple. Buckeyes off to a scathing hot 6 of 10 start from the field. Or was that from three? I think that was from the field at that point. And it was all due to, in my opinion, incredible spacing, really, really good rotations in terms of rotating across the floor, moving, redirecting, things like that. And really, really good ball movement early. This looked like a good offense. And we know last season, one of my biggest gripes of last year's team, which for some reason we're going to talk about a team that played in 2022, as we are now in January of 2024. But, you know, that makes sense. But for some reason, that team just could not space well, could not move, could not rotate. And that was a gripe I had. It was stagnant offense. Those guys looked like they were playing in rain boots at time. No offense. Quack, quack. I don't like that. However, this year, and in this game in particular in the first half, Buckeyes looking good and fluid. And then we get to the point where you've got some loose balls, some errant passes, Rutgers get some extra possessions, and they end up taking the lead 20-19. to And that one-point lead, spoiler alert, that one-point lead would be the largest lead that Rutgers would have in the entire game. 
But Bruce Thornton, he would have three turnovers. He still finished with a pretty good game. Roddy Gale threw up a couple of weird shots. You just get that from him every once in a while for some reason. Dale Bonner, he halted a Buckeye. I think it was the 11-0 run, potentially. Nah, they weren't there yet. Sorry, they weren't there yet. Forget that. Scratch it. But Dale Bonner halted a run Ohio State was on. Very quick contested mid-range shot. Not really high percentage. He also had a layup block. So it was just an ugly couple of minutes. But the Buckeyes take the lead back with a Scotty Middleton wide open three. Who contributed a grand total of... I don't have that up and we hate dead air. So I'm not going to do that to you. But let me find Roddy... Uh, not Roddy Gale. Scotty Middleton's points. He would finish with three points. That's the only shot he made. It was not the only shot he attempted. But that's fine. He makes a three... Buckeyes continue with that fluid passing and spacing. And Jameson Battle stays involved. He finds Felix Akpara after failing to finish a lob from Battle. Akpara grabs his own miss and he lays it in. And I've got a bone to pick at this point because the caller commentary commentator on this game, Stephen Bardo, I haven't paid much attention to Mr. Bardo until this game. But I, he just started to, to, to bug me. And I wasn't necessarily cranky about it, but I will admit I was fussy already at this point listening to, to Stephen Bartle. He, he saw one. He saw a single two-second replay of Cliff Amore tweaking his ankle just like that. Was that snap loud enough? That's better. Not deep enough, though. I'm not going to get it. That one was good, though. He, he just declares that Amori has a high ankle sprain, just like that. Nope, he doesn't need to do any testing himself. He doesn't need any, any MRIs or x-rays or imaging. He just watched a two-second clip and said, yep, that, that's a high ankle sprain, quote, which you don't want, end quote. Thanks for the info there. Just saw a single replay, diagnosed him. Now, typically, a high ankle sprain, you are week to week. Mm-mm, not Cliff Amori. Mm-mm. Amori was minute to minute with this diagnosed ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. And while we're on the topic of Bardo, I don't know why I'm going going down this route. I, actually, I know why. Because I'm passionate and I have an opinion. I'm going to talk about it because it's relevant to Ohio State. And you just might have this opinion as well. If you do, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, comment, whatever. I don't care. Uh, he had a weird fixation on like this Jameson Battle and Minnesota relationship. He mentioned it once. The first time he mentioned it, he mentioned it as if it was like brand new news or something like that. And then the second time he mentioned anything with Minnesota, it was after Jameson Battle had hit a three. And he said something along the lines of, it's cold in Minnesota, but not in the shot. And you know me. I am all for Minnesota catching strays. I just... Ben Johnson can't motivate me to turn the lamp on in, in the room that I'm currently recording in right now. It's dark, and I've got some string lights on my wall behind me, which you may have seen on the YouTube show. But I don't respect Minnesota, okay? I don't. But that one felt really forced. Like, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Maybe if Ohio State were playing Minnesota... It would make sense, but it, it, Ohio State is playing Rutgers, Jameson Battle. It, it just it didn't make sense to me. I, I wasn't able to understand it there. So from this moment forward, consider me anti Stephen Bardo, not as a human, but just commentating for Ohio State in this game in particular. He could he can earn my my favor very quickly should he choose to. 
and should he want to, but he has no ex idea that I exist, and he has no idea that you exist as well. Probably, but if you know him, let him know my comments, I guess. Okay, Jameson Battle, he would hit another three, his fourth of the half. All of a sudden, Buckeyes are up 30-20. to 20. This is where the 11 to nothing run comes in, and Jameson Battle, we thank you. Throw up the, the heart hand emoji, which has gained popularity popularity in, in the past several months he cashes the first leg of our parlay not even 12 minutes into the second half and then we get into the end of the first half can ohio state finish strong they get up to a double digit lead bruce thornton hits a triple the buckeyes are now eight of ten from deep jameson battle gets a breakaway dunk if you have that on your bingo card cash it Puts Ohio State up by 14 with five minutes left. And then Roddy Gale leaves suddenly. Connor Lamont's friend of the show. Make sure you follow him on Twitter if you aren't already. He said, I was I would assume that he texted a, a another Ohio State uh staffer who I should have thought to text, but I didn't. So that's my fault. But I would assume he texted him and asked what the heck went on with Roddy Gale. And as it turns out. What Ohio State said was, and what was said on the broadcast was, Roddy Gale left for a shoe is issue, or issue, depending on your, uh, what's the word, wealth levels. I say issue, because I drive a Toyota Corolla. We have a signature Paul Pierce moment. I'm just going to say it. If you know, you know. Roddy Gale, I think, had a Paul Pierce moment, and unless he's able to pinky promise that it wasn't a Paul Pierce moment, I think that we're all inclined to believe that it was. So we have to say that. And then, uh-oh, Jameson Battle just hit another triple. While I was speaking, he hit another triple, which is actually possible by the time I'm recording. If he went out to get some more shots up, it, it's more than possible. But he hits another three. He gets to 17 points by the half. Buckeyes are up 41 to 24. At that point, something fun I do is, well, it's fun for me. It's not fun for my wife. But I say, hey, wife. And she says, yes, husband, whom I love. I say, wife, uh, place a bet for me. Doesn't matter what. Just scroll through FanDuel and find something. Why? Just because it's fun, gives me something to root for, and I like when she hits bets. I, I, I literally, I put $1 on it. That's all it is. It's just $1. It's just for fun. Whatever. It, it, it's whatever. It's, it's less than a unit for me, or, or less than 0.1 units for me, so that's fine. I don't know why I'm getting into unit size. We don't judge unit size here, and it is what it is. But she said, hey, take Jameson Battle two plus triples. That was like minus 200, and I said nay. And then I said, do you want to take three plus? She said yes. It was at like plus 140. And then right once I tried to place it, FanDuel, the crooked, crooked people that they are, decided to lock everything up because the game was about to start. So I missed it. So... The rule here is that your wife is always right. Just listen. Just do it. And and that one hurt at this point when Roddy, or not Roddy Gale, but Jameson Battle was just pouring it in. So at the half, the Buckeyes, they close out the half with a double-digit lead. Battle's got 17 points. They're shooting 53% from the field, 60% from deep against an incredibly good defense. They've got 13 assists. Rutgers only has two, led by as many as 17. And Bruce Thornton, yet again, by the way, pulls off his late first half sorcery that he's continued this year. He's just a wizard with less than six minutes left in the first half. And all of a sudden, he's got 15 by the time 
the the first half is over second half begins and steven bardo continues to just sit on his lump of hot garbage that is just steaming and dare i use the word stinky but he said outside of zed key the buckeyes don't have a deep front court now i don't know if he meant outside of felix akpara the starter and coming off the bench zed key they don't have a deep front court but need i remind you that before christmas ohio state took on new orleans without felix akpara and trusted zed key and evan mahaffey and devin royal a freshman and gave up the least amount of points that they've given up all the all year i don't care who they played i don't care they played a bunch of low majors this year and they gave up the least amount of points so there's that new orleans had some good size i was there i was close they had some good i mean they had a a chunky a chunky center on that team who i would never ever in a million years take a charge from and then we get well let's fast forward a little bit you watch the game as well we get to this awkward stage in the second half where ohio state has that 10-ish point lead and you're waiting for Ohio State to close out the game. Are they going to flush Rutgers down the toilet? Or are they going to allow Rutgers to inch and claw back in the game? I've already talked about Ohio State's chronic issue with Chris Holtman. Talked about it a couple episodes ago. Is that going to continue to be an issue? Well, the game gets down to seven with 10 minutes left. With eight minutes left, Rutgers cuts it to five. And then with four minutes left, Rutgers makes a layup to make it a three-point game. They cut it to one. An offensive rebound from Ohio State allows Bruce Thornton to find Evan Mahaffey to finish an oop, and it's 69-66. to Buckeyes up by three. Roddy Gale with 90 seconds left would hit a three. Super clutch. Ohio State goes up by six, but Rutgers answers back with a three of their own, and then we're playing the foul game. Then we're playing just how can Rutgers somehow claw back in this game, and how can Ohio State try to eke out of the shot with a win? They make a three with 15 seconds left to cut the lead to two. Does Rutgers, but Ohio State eventually closes this game out, winning by four. So observations in this one, and we're going to come back to the closing out games issue in just a second. But observations from this one. Number one, it was a tale of two halves from Jamison Battle and Bruce Thornton. We know what they finished with. Jamison Battle had 17 points in the first half. In the second half, he had five. Bruce Thornton scored nine points in the second half. Roddy Gale was the only other player on this team to score in double figures. Now, it's a good thing at this point that this team is different from last year's in that you're not just leaning on Bryce Sensenball to get you a bucket. But you need to have players... And you need to have rotations that can put it together. I'm not going to say for 40 minutes, but for 28, for 32. You need to have the rotations that when you get up by 17, can close out a game. And if it's Rutgers, that's fine. Win by 12. If it's Penn State and you're up by 18, I don't know. Don't lose. But they did that to Penn State. And they let Rutgers come right back in this game. So it was not only a tale of two halves for Jamison Battle and for Bruce Thornton, but it was for this entire team. The second half, the offense not moving, not flowing quite as fluidly as we would like to. I don't know if fluidly is a word, and if so, it probably has nothing to do with basketball, but more so with, I don't know, it feels like a medical term and something I shouldn't be speaking of, but I did anyway. 
So Ohio State, again, closing out games, it's an issue. We're going to talk about it. It's good to see that Ohio State is not leaning just on one player. It's great to see Jamison Battle really coming into his own. But we cannot be leading games by we. I am not a member of Ohio State. I'm saying we as a collective, if we root for a team or anything like that, you cannot be a team that leads by 17 and then wins a game by four. It can happen every once in a while, but when it's a trend, it's a problem. And it's a big problem for Ohio State. I'm not done with that. Another observation in this one. Insane, insane, insane minutes tonight from Ohio State's three kind of stars at this point. Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton, and Jamison Battle. All three of them played at least 35 minutes. One of them played 38. Let me find it here really quickly. Uh, that was Bruce Thornton. He played 38 minutes. Unless this stat sheet is is intentionally deceiving me, Bruce Thornton played 38 minutes in a game in January in which Ohio State led by 17 points. That cannot happen. Feels like last year's Big Ten tournament where you're putting your best guys in there like Bruce Thornton and he is not seeing the bench. And that's fine, but... In January, against Rutgers, when you led by 17, Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton, and Jamison Battle cannot all collectively collectively be playing over 100 minutes in a game. You need to see other players step up. Dale Bonner, Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal. We've seen the flashes. I've been super positive of Devin Royal this season. But you need to see someone step up and not... It, it can't just be flashes... For Ohio State, it's got to be more than that. And you cannot have these three players play 35 minutes for the rest of the season. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not saying just because it happened once that it's going to continue. But you've got to be able to trust other players on the roster at this point in the season in January. Where the roster, the rotation has shrunk. It's shrunk mightily to where you're seeing those bench players Getting less minutes. But having three guys come off the bench and play 16, 15, and 14 minutes, I don't like it. I do not like it at all. However, another observation, this one, this is a good one. Despite the poor second half from Ohio State, they still shot great from deep. And this is something that I was hoping for coming into the season. One of my favorite episodes I did as a part of the season preview series was Hey, here are some areas for opportunity for Ohio State where they played really well. If they do it well again this year and they capitalize, they're going to be even better. And it was three-point shooting. They made 11 three-pointers tonight. They shot 46% from deep, even with an abysmal second half, and battled made six triples. That is fantastic production from Ohio State. If you're making 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 three-pointers every game, you are going to have a shot to win, especially in the Big Ten. Fourth observation. Ohio State could not afford to lose this game. Let me tell you why. We know Ohio State's schedule at this point. We know what is ahead of Ohio State in Big Ten play. Rutgers is firmly going to be a quad three game. In the net rankings, they're going to be within... What is it? I believe it's like 70th to 115th or 90th to 140 or some weird number like that where if you play a team at home and they're in that large range in the net rankings, it will be a quad three game. 
you cannot lose a quad three game. This by the end of the year is going to be a quad three win at home for Ohio State. You can't afford to lose those. You're going to have opportunity after opportunity to take on quad two and quad one games. You cannot drop these games, and Ohio State lost way too many of them last season. To not drop this one is huge, especially given the loss to Penn State earlier this year. So that's big for Ohio State. There's a lot more to lose, literally, for Ohio State. With the few quad three games that they have on the schedule in Big Ten play, there's a lot more to lose. And to pick up a win in this one, it just feels good to push it away and get kind of further from where you were last season. Last thing I'll say, and and I've spoken about it already multiple times, this team needs to learn to close out games. You literally cannot count on this team with less than 10 minutes to go in the second half. With less than 10 minutes to go in the first half, certainly. But with less than 10 minutes to go in the second half, whatever the live spread may be, you might as well take Ohio State to not cover. Whoever the opponent is, put money on them. Because Ohio State continues to prove that it cannot close out games. It cannot close out games in a strong fashion. Nearly blowing a 17-point lead in this one after blowing an 18-point lead against Penn State in their last Big Ten game in which they lost. And so it goes. I mentioned all the games last season. You had a 27-point lead over Wisconsin. You won by two. You blew an 18-point lead to Penn State two seasons ago and lost. Lead after lead after lead being blown. Chris Holtman has got to figure out how to get his guys to simply produce. With less than 10 minutes and 8 minutes and 5 minutes left to go, I have no idea if it's conditioning, if it's legs, if this is a Q Banks issue where he needs to step up. He's a friend of the show. He's been a guest. He's been on. I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't ask him about if I were speaking to him in person, but this is the glaring hole in Ohio State's mm, resume, whatever you want to call it, or your confidence that they can produce long term. It's the inability to close out games, and it continues to be a huge problem, and I will probably talk about it for the rest of the season until it is rectified. This is a huge issue for Ohio State. You should be concerned about it. I am concerned about it. If Ohio State is in the round of 32, and they are the number five seed, and they're taking on, I don't know, four-seeded Virginia, or whoever the heck it may be at that point in the season. Maybe it's Texas A&M again. I don't know. If you are up by 12, you cannot lose. You can't. You cannot lose the lead. Play like a winning program. That's what we're missing from this team. That's the one thing. So before we get into a first half review, I want to talk to you about college basketball analytics. It's a new year, and maybe you have a new year's resolution to know college basketball better than anyone else. Well, I've got just the medicine that you have been needing. It's college basketball analytics. Go to cbbanalytics.com right now. That's cbbanalytics.com. You can have access to every stat, every metric, every shooting zone, every advanced stat and split and rotation and all those types of things and more that the Ohio State University coaching staff has access to, many members of the media have access to, and many NBA scouts 
everyone who is big in college basketball and needs this information has it and you can too you can use the code shot that's s-c-h-o-t-t shot to get an entire month free take it for a test drive see if you like it i think you will i love it i build every show using college basketball analytics so go to cbbanalytics.com right now give it a look and thank me later please all right let's get into a first half review and i'll try to chug along through this okay so let's review the first half of the season at this point in the year we are we're past the halfway point but we've got a couple big 10 games now that we can go into and and we're after the first game of january so it just feels like the right timing so if we go all the way back to the start of the year we remember it was a very slow start for ohio state slow start an eventual win over oakland and then a loss to texas a&m in the first week of the season and the boo birds on twitter are out the wah wahs are coming out in fury with full force saying hey chris holtman needs to be fired now mind you okay ohio state against oakland was probably on big 10 network i don't remember right but i believe ohio state and texas a&m was on peacock so the paint the same people the same casuals who are wang about ohio state losing to texas a&m are the same people who are wang about the game being on peacock and they didn't even watch it so they have no context other than watching the box score and saying well ohio state lost chris holtman should be gone as of now actually as of as of literally recording and i i just want to pull this up so i'm accurate texas a&m is ranked 23 in ken palm okay ohio state is ranked 30th in ken palm so if you're gonna wow wow about ohio state losing to texas a&m be well aware that they are ranked 23rd in ken palm and then you must also bring that same exact energy with ohio state beating alabama who is eight and five and the casuals don't care but they are ranked seventh in ken palm and fifth in net rankings as of the last time i checked so if you're gonna wham wham about one thing you better wham wham about the other i recommend not wham wham it makes life a lot better but if you're gonna wham wham you gotta wham wham at all times you can't you can't be wishy wishy washy okay so it's a slow start but then we get encouraging from there okay ohio state crushes the teams they were supposed to crush I don't give a crap if Central Michigan isn't good. I don't care, in the words of Andrew Bernard, okay? Don't care. Don't give a crap if Western Michigan also isn't good. Or New Orleans, do not care. If you crush them, that is what every elite and very good and great and above average team does. So go freaking do it, and that's exactly what Ohio State did. So stop wang about them playing Merrimack embarrassing hiccup during this time against Penn State yes I will give you that I've spoken about it already I feel like I'm pretty anti-bias here like I can call Ohio State out on the things that they should be called out on while rewarding them for the good things that they do no season is completely perfect unless you're like UCLA from the time that your dad was lacing up the converses or your mom I don't know did did yeah females probably wore those back in the day i don't know i wasn't alive then but i should know that regardless you don't go undefeated unless you're 2005 illinois and then you run into ohio state shout out matt sylvester so 
yeah, it, it's going to be a season of ups and downs and ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys. But don't overreact to the good and don't overreact to the bad. Try to find the median and you'll generally have a pretty good take on the team. And I feel like that's what I've done. So yeah, the hiccup against Penn State was not good. But they win over Minnesota, which they couldn't do last season. They beat UCLA in an absolute slugfest. I mean, that's the type of fight where you're you're at your school lunch and those two big burly guys that didn't have the best upbringing and are starting to grow in a little bit of peach fuzz on their cheeks that just shouldn't be there and they're mad at each other and one attacks the other and they're just kind of you can you can kind of hear the the clothes kind of pushing against one another and and they're pushing each other around they roll around the floor and you can just hear the uh, uh, like that's what it felt like against UCLA just felt like you're in a straight jacket not fun but they win they win an uncomfortable game good for Ohio State Yes, they beat West Virginia in overtime. Could argue it shouldn't have gone to overtime. Could argue West Virginia isn't good. Let's see where, where they're at in Ken Palm. They're 124 right now. That sucks. Don't care. You beat West Virginia in overtime. Is it going to be a good win? Is it going to be a marquee win? No. But they still won. And at this point in the year, it's about stacking W's. And now you stacked another against Rutgers. So all that is great. I'm not going to complain about being 12-2. and two. And if you're going to complain, if you if you're seriously going to come to me and say Chris Holtman should be fired when you're 12 and two, you need to shut up. And that is as passionate and as rude as I will ever get on the show. But just be quiet, okay? Bite your tongue. Talk about some players. Bruce Thornton. He was my pick to lead the team in scoring. He's averaging well over 17 points per game. He's looked like a first team All Conference lock plenty of times this year, and even a potential All American at times this year. When you see some lists of the top point guards in all of college basketball this season, Bruce Thornton is making his way onto these lists. When you get to the mid-season watch list for some of these awards, Bruce Thornton may very well be there. Jameson Battle, he's becoming to to he's beginning to come into his own. He scored 9 points in 2 games this year. Every other game he scored at least 10. He's starting to pour in triples. At an absolutely obscene rate. The question is, can he keep it up? And this is a player who's not going to hit a freshman wall. He's played in the Big Ten before. He needed to understand, learn his role, learn the offense, learn the defense. Just get well acquainted. Have you ever started a new job before? I have. On November 1st, I did. And I'm still getting adjusted as we're into month number three now. You don't get it's the exact same concept where it's not day one and you're just like, okay, I'm good. I understand this. I I can go out and do everything that I'm supposed to do a year from now. It takes some time and it's going to take time for Jamison Battle, but you don't want a freshman. You don't have a freshman wall to worry about with him. Roddy Gale Jr., my breakout pick. He's had spurts of great play where he's stuffing the stat sheet like in Evan Turner 0.75 if you will, and then he has spurts of clank shots, airballed layups, turnovers, ball dribbling off his shin, all those types of things. Would like to see a little bit more consistency out of him, but brother can jump out of the gym. He's got a nice headband. He had to allegedly change his shoes in the win over Rutgers and still came out and scored in double figures, so we appreciate that from Roddy Gale. Evan Mahaffey, he's playing better. I have been more negative on Evan Mahaffey probably than most he's not going to be a contributor offensively this year what I was hoping for was more contributions defensively and if you actually watch the game 
That that sounds very condescending. I don't mean it that way. But if you sit down and you just watch Evan Mahaffey play in the first seven to ten games of this season, it was ugly defensively. We knew that he was going to turn the ball over, that when he got the ball in his hands in the paint, he just he looks like a deer in the headlights and he you know when you play uh when you play pickup with someone who's really not good, and this takes me back to like the junior high days. And they just get the ball, and it's like they start to have a mini seizure with their hands, and they're just shaking the ball up and down, looking around where to go, and then they huck the ball out of bounds. That's Evan Mahaffey on a much smaller scale, but that's just how you feel. It's like he doesn't quite feel comfortable with the ball in his hands, and that's fine. If you contribute defensively and rebounding, that's fine, and that's what he's done. He's gotten much better in the past three games or so, I think at least since the New Orleans game where he got extended playing time. Played the five a little bit. That's where he's looked a lot better. Zed Key has not lost a step, even with dropping the weight. We are seeing every single player on the roster at this point take steps forward. Felix Akpara, the exact same way. The the big-time contributors who were on the team last year are stepping up and are playing better. So these are encouraging signs. Closing out games is still the, the, the major concern, but... We are now January 3rd, January 4th, sorry, as you're listening to it. This is the stage where we really learn about this team. Now, we already talked about Alabama. They're fifth in Ken Palm, and even at eight and five, this is a very, very good team. Texas A&M, top 25 in Ken Palm and in net ratings. Outside of that, UCLA, strong defensively, sure. Great coach, sure, but still trying to figure it out. Six and seven, nowhere close to being an NCAA tournament team. At this time, Minnesota, Penn State, nowhere close to being NCAA tournament teams. Rutgers, at this point, not an NCAA tournament team. So, yeah, you get Alabama, you get Texas A&M. But has this team really been tested? Santa Clara? No. UCLA? Not a great team at this point. West Virginia? Absolutely not. So, has this team been tested in some ways and been pushed, like against Rutgers, where they've not been able to close out games? 100%. Have they been tested about... Uh, in terms of playing the top teams and, and talent levels in college basketball, no. And we talk about Chris Holtman's record in January. Last season, he went 2-7. and seven. The team basically shot itself in the foot in January, and the season was over. Two seasons ago, in January, they went 5-3. and Three, three seasons ago, the COVID year, they went 6-2. and two And were eventual national champions based on a simulation I saw on Twitter. So now... For Ohio State, you get two huge tests in a row. You're going to Indiana on a Saturday night. We know how that went last season. Not good. Also bad. Also horrible. And then you get Wisconsin at home coming up on Wednesday. Then you get a softer schedule before the gauntlet begins. And that gauntlet begins on January 3rd. It runs through the middle of February when Ohio State takes on Purdue. I'll be there, by the way. Excited for that one. Get tickets to the Purdue game. I don't care what the price is. Get there. Be loud. Go get tickets for the Wisconsin game. Go get tickets. Uh, put, put butts in seats. I don't care what it takes for you, okay? If it means buying a couple less Starbucks drinks per day or maybe scaling back the amount of money that you're dumping into your DraftKings account, maybe that's not a bad thing for you. Invest in experiences, friends. Do not ex- invest in stuff, okay? That's wisdom. Where uh, where on earth, how on earth did we get here? And where on earth are we? Go to games, whatever. Anywho, anyways, 
Anyways, um, Ohio State at this point is going to be tested somewhat in January. The biggest test will come end of January through mid-February. But this is, again, the point where Ohio State playing in the Big Ten needs to stack wins. Can you take both from Indiana and from, from Wisconsin? Can you at least give me one? At least give me one so that I can have hope. You get a softer schedule from there, and then you close out January with some big games. This team has not been fully tested yet. So although we're probably high on them at this point, I'm not fully sold yet because I need to see Ohio State go take on the likes of the Indianas and the Wisconsins and the Michigan States, who's looking a lot better. And of course, Purdue and Illinois and all the other talented teams in the Big Ten. I'm sorry, Rutgers, Minnesota, Penn State, those teams are not NCAA tournament teams. Let me see how this team can do playing NCAA tournament teams back to back to back to back, and then we'll have a better idea of where this team is. So first half review, I think that we can be pleased with them. If we're grading them on a scale from A plus to F minus, can you get an F minus? But if we are grading them, I would give Ohio State easily a passing grade, probably like a 90 out of 100, which should be an A minus, but by now is probably like a A plus at this point with with the way the the the, the grading scales work in schools. From what I hear, I'm no longer in school. I would give Ohio State a solid A minus. We've seen Bruce Thornton step up, we've seen Jamison Battle step up, we've seen Roddy Gale step up, we've seen Zed Key pick up where he's left off. While losing the weight, we've seen Felix Akpara be a really, really good defender and rebounder. We've seen some role players step up at times. We want to see more from them. The only thing we're waiting on from Ohio State is can you close out games? And the Buckeyes will have the chance to do that against both Indiana and Wisconsin. There will be a time in this game where Ohio State leads with 10 minutes left or 12 minutes left or six minutes left against Wisconsin or Indiana. Can you close out that game? If you can... You pass another test, and I'm more excited about Ohio State. But that's what we're waiting on at this point. Appreciate you listening. If you've been wondering where I was, by the way, thanks for reaching out on Twitter. Didn't post a lot. No podcast from the, I think, the New Orleans game on until now. Had some travel for the holidays. Just never was able to get into a rhythm. And if I'm going to give you an episode, I want to make sure that it's 100%. I want to make sure it's good for your ears to enjoy and for your brain to enjoy, for your friends to enjoy as well. Share the show with your friends. But was not able to get into a rhythm because of that. Just decided, hey, let's take a pause from this little mental break and then come back into it in January. And that's what we did. And with that, we got a banger bet to ring in the new year or bring in the new year, depending on the vernacular you prefer there. But appreciate you listening we're going to continue to cover these Buckeyes getting ready for Ohio State's huge game against Indiana a road match coming up on Saturday until then I will shut up before you shut me off go Bucks.